Hello, everybody. I am Jay, the co-founder and the CEO at Imagine Insights, and I'm here with our client success intern, Liv, and our community engagement exec, Nick. Welcome to our podcast, Imagine This, the podcast for all things Gen Z. If you want to know more about Gen Z, then join us for our under 20-minute monthly podcast where we discuss what matters to Gen Z, how they think, and the incredible impacts they're having on society. But before I kick off, you're getting used to it now. I just wanted to let you know that we pay our Gen Z community for every single insight they provide to a brand. So, so we want to pay more Gen Z and we want to do what we do best. But to do that, we need to grow our podcast. And it's very, very easy for you to help. If you're on Spotify, simply press the follow button. If you're on Apple Podcasts, then please press subscribe. By doing this, you're helping us a massive amount and you're enabling us to pay more Gen Z. Also on Spotify, actually, I realized the other day, you can actually click the notification button. So anytime a um, podcast comes through, um, you actually get notified about it. I want to see if that button actually works. So please click that if you can. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. So on to the episode. In this, our ninth episode, I talk with our internal Imagine Insights team about their brutally honest views about YouGov reporting that one in eight Gen Z aren't interested in having children and also BT Sport launching, launching, not launching, launching their hype mode for their Premier League broadcasts to try and attract Gen Z users, which is actually a quite interesting one thing. Interesting one. I actually put some information about this on, on my LinkedIn so you guys can check that out. But firstly, our first topic. So YouGov recently reported that one in eight Gen Z aren't interested in having children because of environmental, monetary, and time-related challenges. Coming to you, Liv, as of our um, one of our Gen Z internal team, what do you think about this? I don't think this has surprised me at all. I think this has become a growing thing. Um, coming at you from a, a sociology A-level <laughs> qualified student is that um, we've realised that we're no longer playing a part in a family or we're not playing a part in something where we feel forced to do things, but we've got something called, we've turned into an individualistic culture where we've realized that we can actually be focused on ourselves. And it's not selfish, but it's just understanding that our needs come first because to be a good employee, to be a good mother, father, friend, we need to first look after ourselves. Um, And I think that's really important. And I think that that's a step in the right direction. And also looking at the things like environment and monetary and, and stuff like that, we actually care about the environment and we're also very aware of the future. We're forward thinking as a generation. And I think it's so funny, you hear all the time like, oh, the world's going to end, so why bring children into it? Or my mental health isn't at the right point at the moment, so how could I raise children? And although it's fun and it's humor and it's lighthearted, it's so true. It is a good question. Am I are we as um, humans in the world, are we ready to bring on the next generation? Am I personally, myself, in my personal life, in my, with my mental health, with my own challenges, with, you know, my views or my monetary issues? Like, am I ready to take on children? And yeah, I just think it's so interesting. And I think it shows that we're being more thoughtful about creating families. I love that. You just One thing I just hear from all of that is both yourself and what it sounds like your generation, Gen Z, you just sound very aware. You sound mm. aware of yourselves, aware of your surroundings, aware of people around you, the world in general. Um, and I think it's a, it's, it's a great way to look at it. What about you, Nick? 
Um, I definitely agree that, um, you know, our generation are much more aware and that we have kind of the awareness of, of different things impacting our life. I think I'd still say I was a little bit surprised when I saw the statistic and I thought, you know what, let's do a little bit of more research into it. And I saw that in the US, the birth rate is um, at a 35 year low. And I thought that was crazy. I think when you put it in kind of like years, it just makes it even more kind of impactful. I mean, I'll definitely say that I'm not part of the people that are not interested in having children. I think that could be maybe down to my cultural upbringing where kind of having children has always been an expectation. I've never questioned it. Um, but I've, like I've always wanted them. Um, but I think that with the with the statistics, I, I, I do understand them. And I do understand the kind of the reasonings don't want it to impact your lifestyle cost is, is you know, it's, it's very high. And then like this overpopulated world, I think regarding like financial reasonings, I think it's true that children, yes, they're expensive, it's definitely going to impact yourself as an individual or as a couple, your lifestyle. However, for me, I think that's something I'm looking forward to, you know, the, the change of, of the lifestyle, I think, potentially people not wanting children would actually decrease the older they get as they become more kind of financially secure and able to provide for another life i mean for example this morning i was walking past um a primary school sounds a bit strange like that but i was going to get my car i was going to get my car mot um and i was walking past the primary school and i was thinking oh my goodness i could not have a six-year-old right now like that would actually i just couldn't deal with it right now i just wouldn't want a kid right now but i think but for sure in the next you know in the next how i'm not even going to put a time on it i don't um someone to hear this but <laughs> i i definitely want children in the future and i think that i'd like to think that people the older they get the more likely they'll want um to have children but i also think a big part of it is actually the divorce rate at the moment i know it's a bit of a strange one but i think that the kind of the cost of raising a child i th- i read somewhere that until their 18th birthday for a couple is around 70,000 for a single parent, it's about a hundred thousand. So I think with the increasing divorce rates as well, and you know, it's really that's really prevalent at the moment. I can understand why maybe some people would also be a bit skeptical of of wanting to have ki- kids by themselves because it's obviously the you know the struggle is a lot more real. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I love what you said um, about your personal family. How having children is an expectation, and it's quite interesting because it's you don't realize that you said that, but it's the fact that you're like it's an expectation. It's almost but an expectation is something that someone's putting on you. And I think it's quite interesting that you picked that up. And I'm not saying it's a positive or a negative or whatever, but it's interesting how you worded that almost like an expectation, how you didn't question it. And I think <clears throat> for me personally in my life, so I'm um, 31 years old and I have a 14 year old son, but for, for future children, I've sat down multiple times and gone, do I really want kids? Do I really, like in part, part, I would say 95% of me is like, yes, I'd love to have children. I want to have little, little kids running around. And I just, that, I get children and I, I want to adopt and do all these things. But at the same time, I was like, but do I really want kids? Because I love going to the gym five times a week in the morning. I love going to jujitsu in the evenings and playing football in the evenings. And I love going out with friends at the weekend. And I'm like, I won't be able to do as much of that when, when we have kids. So it's almost like a selfish, individualistic reason to it but at the same time like I don't think that's always a negative thing and I think a lot of the time I will land on the idea that yeah I do want kids but I do question it a lot more now than I did perhaps when I was younger um but it's an interesting conversation to be having um final thing on this bit guys Liv no sorry Nick sticking with you actually uh what do your friends think about having children um I think the majority of my friends they want children I think I've noticed that they're there's more of a, a variety now of the age they want them. So I have a friend, not going to name him, um, that wants wants to have children, but I think he wants to kind of work hard, enjoy his life, 
and then have children at 40. So I think there's more of a variety now in terms of the age that people are having having children. I think obviously the age of people having children, you know, for example, my grandma had her, her um, had my uncle at, at um, was it 17 or 18, one of the two. So obviously the ages are, are changing a lot now, but I think that I've definitely noticed people saying that they would rather have fewer children rather than a big family. I remember when I was younger, not that we were speaking about it often, but people would always say, oh, I want to have four, you know, four children, five. But I think now it's, it's people tend to, to, to want one or two. Um, and I think that the pandemic is, you know, in general has made people rethink what they really want to do in life and not kind of conform to those, those like social standards, I'd, I'd say. Um, and also, I think more people are considering adopting as well. I know, um, you know, my sister, she's, she's, uh, she's not of age yet to, ha- to have children, but she's definitely thought about it for the future. And I think that, yeah, I th- I'd say it's, it's, it's changing a little bit. Yeah. And Liv, what about you? What do you think? Um, yeah, I think, situations are obviously different for everybody and um you know growing up a lot of my friends as Nick had said like they were their parents weren't together anymore or um like their view of the family has shifted as well not just having children but you know a view of marriage has changed and a view of career and how how much of your life you give to your career and whether it's a priority and I think it's just different for everyone I've also got friends that you know can't have um children biologically so they would have to look into you know adoption and you know that's another real thing like same-sex couples like trying to adopt children or you know all of those different things and also like as as a feminist you can also understand that the pressure of society to have children as a woman is so crazy and it's almost like our only purpose and value is put on whether we can produce children and I think yeah just it's really part important for me to say in part of this conversation that there's people that that would love children and would give anything to have them but are unable to and you know that's very real for some people and and yeah, and I think that's also people aren't ready for that conversation either is yes, like a lot of my friends do want children. What would they do if they couldn't have children? Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to, you know, seeing what life throws at me. And I do think that children in my future, but I'm not going to say that, you know, my life won't be complete without them. Um, but yeah, I think just things have changed and um, we just need to be a bit more sensitive when having this discussion for all types of situations. I really love your point of view that I live, the idea that, that, that not everybody can children can have children and not everybody actually wants to have children. And I think it's a personal decision and I think there's a lot of societal pressure on, on women for sure. Um, I know members of my family definitely feel that. My wife definitely um, feels that, that pressure and she's almost going, hey, you know, I, I really want to focus on my career and um, I've got to take X amount of years out to, to, to do this. And she's basically saying, you don't have to do that. You don't have to take those X amount of years out. And my stance with 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 my wife and with, with my family is like, hey, whatever's best for you, I'm down for that. Really, like, mm-hmm. this is my view. This is what I feel like I want to do. But whatever's best for you, it's your body, your choice. Do you know what I mean? I can't force yeah. you to have kids. Um, and I definitely think we need to be open to having conversations with people around things, whether people want children or not. I've got lots of friends that don't want kids. Um and I, and I think it's sometimes people used to back in the day I feel like people used to take take a deeper take a deep breath um when people say oh, you don't want to have kids but now it's almost like actually yeah you know what that that's completely your choice whatever you want to do you can do and I think I think that's amazing and I definitely think it's an ongoing conversation but on to our next topic so BT Sport have launched hype mode which features basically graphics such as like blazes of fire um on the screen or smoke chills 
um, behind players as they're running on the pitch. And they've put these graphics on to the Premier, like, Premier League sorry, broadcasts that they have. Um, and the reason why they've done this is to try and increase the numbers of Gen Z watching the Premier League. Because with numbers um, declining um, with regards to Gen Z watching sport, less Gen Z are watching live sport than ever before. Um, and less people in general are watching live sport, but specifically Gen Z. Um, I'm really interested in hearing your thoughts around BT Sports hype mode what do you guys think nick what do you think of what bt sport have developed with hype mode well firstly i'd say the first thing i thought of when i saw this was um you know florentino perez real madrid's president so after the kind of the european super league proposal and that kind of demise of that um he was basically saying that supposedly 40 percent of young people are currently not interested in football the game is too long it's not interesting enough um so i think it's clear that i mean firstly i'd I'm, I'm not quite sure I agree with, I don't agree with that, but I think it's clear that BT are trying to, to stay relevant, increase the viewing. And I also think that just in general, the kind of the popularity of gaming, um, you know, how much people are trying to gamify different, different things. Um, I think that BT are really trying to, BT Sports, sorry, are really trying to kind of develop something like this. It's basically, they're trying to make a real life FIFA. Now, am I a fan of it? Not really. I think it's 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 interesting, and you know, I think with uh, with with all these different platforms, you know, BT Sport, maybe Sky Sky Sports will do something like this. They always need to develop, and I understand why, um, you know, why they want to create new products, and uh, you know, they want to increase this kind of view, viewing. Um, and it's true that you know, young people they've got many different uh, hobbies. You know, it's not just one. You know, previously. Um, Potentially, people that their their one hobby was what watching football. Now, people have more of a kind of a diversified um, liking to to things. So, I'd I'd say that that's that really. Um, I love that, Nick. I love the idea of people having diverse hobbies. I feel like people there's a lot more to do these days, especially coming out of the pandemic. There's a lot more to do these days, and I feel like not all the time people just want to sit in the house or go to the pub and watch sports because there's so many other things that you could be doing, and, and it's an interesting point there. Liv, what do you think of hype mode? So when I first like read about it, I was like, what, like fire and smoke and graphics. That sounds so patronizing. Um, but then I watched it and was like, actually, this is, you know, that's actually pretty entertaining. That, but I'm coming to you as like somebody that, so the football is on in our house, but I have to really focus to like, ca- like focus on what's going on and um, to like follow it. And also, I don't really understand how football can end in nil nil and people have watched 90 minutes of it. But anyway, and um, yeah, basically, I watched it and I was like, that's really entertaining. However, I'm imagining like my mum, who's a football fanatic and like my brother and stuff. And I'm thinking like, as committed fans, I don't know if they'll be as crazy about it because for them, it's like looking at the skill, looking at the passes, looking at the, you know, the possession and all of that. And and I think for a non-watcher, they've got it bang on, like correct, even though I thought it was patronising at first, it's actually quite entertaining to watch. But for the watchers that are there for loyalty and have grown up watching it, I don't think it will appeal to them as much. It's an interesting one because I suppose it is designed for the non-watchers. The reason why Mm. they're going for it is is for those non-watching Gen Z. But do you think, to me, so actually, no, let me ask you because I'm going to start putting my thoughts on you. So, Liv, do you think that the novelty is is something that people would want to have on every game? Or do you think it's kind of like the novelty will wear off after a couple of times of watching smoke behind football players? Um... 
Well, the novelty of watching football is, you know, it will, I don't get it. Like, I'm not on that wavelength. Um, I love it when it's England, like in the World Cup. So I guess maybe for, you know, there's more non-watchers watching football when it's the World Cup, right? And we get involved then, but maybe for like, people that are have looked forward to the games or you know they've gone to work and they're like talking about it in the office and then they're going home and they just want to watch it for them that's enough and the game is enough um so yeah I definitely think it can be used like interspersely with normal games because I think it would get on people's nerves (laughs) no I love that um and then last couple of points guys um Nick do you think hype mode simply do you think hype mode is going to encourage more Gen Z to watch live sport this is a difficult one. I honestly, everything that Liv just said is basically what I was thinking. For, you know, when you've just asked me that, so I'm part of Gen Z. Doesn't really appeal to me. I'm not a fan of this kind of gamification of football. But that's like Liv was saying because I've always watched football. It's always kind of been part of my life watching football, and I've always really enjoyed watching kind of you know different games. But I do un- I do acknowledge that you know it could appease new Gen Z viewers who maybe haven't watched football before and not as invested in a certain team. You know they're maybe watching it more for the like the, you know the stars. So I I can understand why someone would you would want to watch let's say Cristiano Ronaldo scoring at Old Trafford with like this hype mode feature, some flames or whatever, you know whatever it is. Um, I think for for highlight viewing it's great, but yeah, I think it it might encourage more people maybe from overseas. Like I I love watching basketball, but. I can imagine like if there was this feature on like a basketball game, I think it was probably amazing. But yeah, for maybe like the, the just general um, kind of traditional viewer, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. So yeah, for me, it's a no. It's interesting you say that actually, because um, a client of ours, the NFL, they did something similar um, maybe last season or the season before. And actually David, one of the team at the NFL reached out to me and said, yeah, hey, um, we did this and it works really, really well. So um I actually think, yeah, potentially for overseas watchers, overseas watchers, it, it might be interesting, but I'd probably fall somewhere around you. And Liv, lastly, but not least, coming to you, do you think it's going to encourage more Gen Z to engage with watching live sport? Um, I think it's, you know, it's a step in the right direction, as I like to say. Um, it's, you know, thinking we've got a need for Gen Z and you know what, we're going to do something like incorporating something from gaming or something that you might see on TikTok. Because I think, honestly, the Flames is a TikTok transition. So, you know, maybe it'll entice some of those people in. Um, but maybe it's literally going to where they are. And if you think of where, you know, we are like Gen Z, we like things like quick and we like things at a, a pace that's good for us. So maybe it's when the goals get put on as a clip onto TikTok they're you know, they're there or when they're put onto YouTube or as Nick said that when they're on the highlight show, like that's when you can entice people in and maybe not saying, oh, we're going to get the Gen Z to the full 90 minute game. We're actually going to cater the highlight show to them or we're going to cater the TikTok channel to animating all of the clips or you know when maybe having a a player talk through their moves and then it's animated and and yeah I think it's probably best not to take them to the main event but maybe take them to spin-offs and on the social medias love that that is perfect that is it we're done as promised we kept it under 20 minutes thank you to Liv and Nick for taking the time out to talk with me Uh, thank you listening to our ninth episode of Imagine This our mission at Imagine is to help Gen Z to shape their future I mean the best way for them to do that is with brands because brands are shaping countries and culture that governments only wish they could do so we enable brands to crowdsource 
qualitative insight from our community of Gen Z. We have five and a half thousand Gen Z from all around the world, and we enable brands to crowdsource insight from them within 72 hours. So it's extremely quickly. So if you'd love to hear more about what we do, then please feel free to reach out. As I said at the start of the podcast, please like, subscribe, share, follow the whole shebang. And finally, if you have any questions for me or for the team, please feel free to reach out to us. If you have any questions for our Gen Z community, again, please feel free to reach out. Thank you again for tuning in and we will see you next time on the next episode of Imagine This.